David Graham is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth with a Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song, In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, which is a short, biblically-based, and encouraging devotional influenced by David's lifetime of personal moments. These moments are shared with a heart to encourage and inspire you to see Him, our Heavenly Father, at work in your own moments. I know this is David's heart in sharing because he has spent my lifetime speaking hope and encouragement into my own heart. If you would, take a few minutes and listen today. I am really proud of the things that he has done throughout his life, but what I am most proud of and grateful for is for the kind of dad Daddy, he has been to me. My dad had become a much different man than the one I had known as a boy during those years when I felt I was such a disappointment to him. After Kathy and I were married, Dad encountered God in a powerful way, and he began a new and wonderful spiritual journey. He had made a great transition and was a changed man for the rest of his life. Today's story will be about the last moments we would ever share together. Although sorrowful moments, there were wonderful moments because of the amazing things that God had done in both of our lives. I'll get back to that story in a minute, but first, let me step back to where I left off last week. As a result of a vision in a desert, In a dream of a palace, which I described in our last two episodes, I experienced what I would call a great transition. In the course of one 24-hour period in 1982, I had begun a new life, a life with new significance, new peace, and new purpose. I had finally come to understand and embrace the biblical truth that being a Christian A follower of our Savior Jesus meant that I was a son, not a religious person, a son of our Father in Heaven. It meant that I had within me that which Apostle Paul talked about, God's spirit of sonship. I will never forget those moments of the great transition. Since very early on in our journey through episodes, I have been sharing on various aspects of this hugely important and often forgotten subject, sonship and daughtership. At this point in our journey, at the end of what I will call part one, I feel I'm supposed to close this chapter by saying this. If the concept of the spirit of sonship or daughtership is registering with you, and if you desire to move from where you are into the place where you confidently know your position as one of the Father's children, then the next step is to take action. So, dear friend, I'd like to suggest a couple things you can do, some responses you can make, as you begin or continue in your own transition. Not all these responses may be applicable in your situation, and there may be other things the Holy Spirit brings to your mind. Pray and ask Him to help you know what applies and how you should humbly respond to your Father in heaven. For example, 
Perhaps you may need to ask the Father for His forgiveness for living in a spirit of independence. Or maybe you need to ask forgiveness for improper dependency upon others instead of upon Him. Perhaps you're still harboring anger or bitterness toward caregivers in your past. Your Father wants His children to be free from the prison of anger and bitterness. Though we may think we're in control, we're not. In reality, bitterness has us locked up and under its control, and we remain prisoners long after our caregivers have moved on. Forgiveness is the key to the prison door. Now, it may take a while to feel a complete emotional release, but freedom begins by making a choice to forgive. I urge you to forgive, just as Jesus, by an act of His will, forgave those who were crucifying Him. I promise you, peaceful feelings will eventually come and stay. And here's an issue that millions of people struggle with. Given the ugly things that are happening on the earth right now, today, this issue is certainly surfacing as a result. And it's this. Many folks, both inside and outside of Christianity, harbor negative judgments against God, sometimes subconsciously, thinking He is to blame for all their bad experiences. In reality, it's mostly human choices that have created suffering. God gave man freedom of choice, which is what makes humans such significant beings. Therefore, God is not free to interrupt all the choices of man, or He would end up destroying man's significance and freedom. Instead, God's strategy has been to secure an abundant inheritance for His children by means of His remarkable sacrificial plan, all the while keeping man's freedom of choice and significance intact. But I still hear Christians and non-Christians alike ask the question, how could God allow that? Well, everyone has the freedom to make good or bad choices. So bad people have the freedom to make bad choices or do bad things to innocent people. However, you can be sure that our Father gets angry when someone makes a bad choice and violates another human being. There are a lot of scriptures that clearly show God's emotional response when someone brings evil on someone else. And sooner or later, the violator will suffer real consequences for his or her evil choices. And while some people continue to choose evil, the Father in Heaven weeps for the victims and moves toward them with restoring love. Whether here on earth or in heaven, the Father will demonstrate His care, compassion, power, and justice for every victim that has ever lived. Because the Heavenly Father is absolutely on their side. Perhaps you realize now that you've held unwarranted feelings of mistrust toward the Heavenly Father, feelings that have prevented you from even wanting to be His child. If this is the case, you can experience real freedom from these feelings by asking His forgiveness. In your own words, your prayer could start something like this. Father, please forgive me for my mistrust in you. You'll know what else to say. After you have spoken, He will embrace you with forgiveness and comfort. That's 
what a good father does. Dear friend, there's something more I would urge you to do. If you've already done this, maybe do it again anyway, as a reminder to yourself. Take claim to the spirit of sonship and, as an act of praise, make a final declaration. You choose the words, but maybe something like I said. Father in heaven, I am your son. You are my father. I will always be your son. You will always be my father. These are the words I said. And the peaceful feelings came, and the peaceful feelings stayed. Those feelings were with me on a clear and cool night in 2000, as I turned to look out the window of my dad's bedroom and viewed the last goodbye glow of the Montana evening sunset. After a few moments of pondering, I turned back to once again study the face of my dying father, who lied unconscious and motionless on his side near the edge of his small bed. His eyes were closed, his mouth was slightly open. Sitting with me in the room were my three sisters, Linda, Christine, and Laura. My Michelle was there next to me as well. My mom and Kathy had left the room momentarily. The five of us who remained were silent as we watched him. As I said at the beginning, this father of mine was a very different man than the one I knew growing up. The man lying there on the edge of the bed was a complete treasure to me. For the last 18 years, Dad and I had spent many summer days together on Flathead Lake in his old pontoon boat, fishing for the elusive kokanee salmon, or sitting next to each other in his faithful old golf cart while enjoying our very favorite pastime, or gathering with family for barbecues and get-togethers. Throughout those times, we shared countless warm conversations a lot of laughter, sometimes tears, and hugs. We had grown to love each other as much as any dad and son could love. And none of this would have been possible without two great transitions. A father in heaven had brought a dad and son together. And now was the moment when we would be parting Suddenly, Dad began breathing heavily, and, to our surprise, for the first time in three days, he opened his eyes. I moved my chair in as close as I could. Linda moved to sit on his bed and put her hand softly on his side. Michelle now stood quietly behind me with her hands on my shoulders. I took hold of his bony hand, and we stared into each other's eyes. I couldn't help but wonder what he was thinking. And then my thoughts were that I was so amazed with this dad of mine, who was so full of faith. He had battled his cancer with such bravery and integrity, and now he had won. In those final moments, I leaned forward, hoping he would understand. I said, Dad, I'm very proud of you. As he looked at me with love, my dad's last rasping words on earth were, I proud you. Then he looked up at Michelle 
and smiled endearingly. After a moment or two, something caught his attention above Michelle's head, and he began gazing up at the ceiling with a look of awe and astonishment on his face. He was as wide-eyed as I'd ever seen him. Someone very special had come for him. He took one last breath, closed his eyes, and he walked up the road to our father's house. It occurred to me sometime later that the visitor who came to take dad had waited just long enough to let him speak those last words of validation to me. I now understand that another father, the Heavenly Father, wanted to remind me of how he felt, too. Dear friend, in thinking of how to close this episode, I clearly felt our Father tell me to tell you something. Right now, as you take your own personal steps with Him down the path of a great transition, He is very proud of you. Thank you, dear Father, for thinking of us and for loving us the way you do. Amazing. Just amazing. And now I pray that you give this dear one those very peaceful feelings. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.